0: Uncle Devin's show. Come on, Uncle Devin's
1: show. This is the Uncle Devin's show. Come on, Uncle Devin's show. Do you wanna have some fun? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. wanna, if we wanna have some too? fun. Happy Monday everyone Welcome to another edition of the Uncle Devin Show Right here on WOL 1450 AM 95.9 FM On your listener dial here in Washington DC And today's program is brought to you by I Am We Nation Let me hear you say I Am We Nation With two E's The first 24-7 online music radio station dedicated to children, uh, black and brown people are everywhere. So we want you to uh, tune in, have some fun. We're going to have some fun today on the the show that is dedicated. This whole show is dedicated to uh, bringing back what we call uh, music or really defeating music adultification. That's where we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music. Uh, it is really a national health crisis that I am um, try- that I am raising, and as Uncle Devin, the children's drum cushionist, uh, this is one of the ways that I do it. I also do it uh, through my children's music radio program, the Uncle Devin Show. You heard my theme music there. You know, every superhero got to have a theme, theme song. And so um, that, that was my theme song, and the Uncle Devin Show is an interactive musical experience for children that... Um, that uses drums and percussion to cultivate a child's mind. Sort of a dynamic cross between DC's trouble funk and schoolhouse rock. So we're going to have some fun today. Uh, we're coming to you, you uh, to you live. Uh, you can reach us at one eight hundred. Four five zero seven eight seven six that's the call in number uh you can reach us that way and uh you if you're watching us, you can tune in uh, on uh, uncle devin's show on facebook uh and you can reach me on on twitter and before I get to my my very esteemed guest, i want to send a shout out to uh two of my uh two of my past um guests that were on the show uh particularly uh, you may have heard I remember we had the guest the ebony sunshine puppets uh when I had um Uh, the Corbins that came on the show and they were talking about their wonderful work that they do with puppetry and through their church ministry. Um, And so I got a message from them that indicated that on March 13th, someone stole their puppet trailer with, with all their puppets equipment and stage inside of it. And, you know, they are a a nonprofit, a 501 C three, Organization and 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 when the when, when that information was stolen, according to what they sent to me, that was 28 years worth of donations and contributions and uh, and even just work that they put in. So I want to lift them up first and foremost. And if anyone is uh, interested in even making a contribution to them, uh, and and helping them out uh, to try to restore the work that they were doing, to try to really just provide some wonderful quality education to to young people, uh, you can reach out to ebonysunshine.org, uh and make a contribution to them. And I, I really wish them the best. It's, it's we, We're still living in some very trying times, and I'm uh, not sure why. Well, we do know why. We're just living in, in a type of society. And then similarly, I saw on the news last night that another one of our um, – partners, um, middle C music. Uh, it was on the news last night that they have been broken into twice. Um, and so, um, Myrtle uh, has been a, uh, not only just a supporter of what we do, but she's been a, uh, a sponsor and she's helped to sponsor uncle Devin in, in many different ways. And so, um, someone broke in and they stole, I think a $20,000 saxophone from what I remember hearing what they said. And, uh, uh, so, um, uh, Myrtle just wanted to let you know that we're thinking about you, uh, we're with you and we wish, uh, you and M- Middle C music all the best. And, uh, and if the person that has it, it may, may happen to be listening to the show, we're going to ask you to return that, you know, you know, if you just return it, uh, drop it off somewhere or, or what have you, then, um, you know, that will just make things a lot better. So anyway, coming to you here from... Our studios in Silver Spring, Maryland. I am so honored to have um, my guest here on the show today. Uh, we, I first met Marcus Asante as the uh, when he was drumming. Uh, he was the main drummer for the group Fertile Ground, and I knew James Collins, who was the owner, uh, the organizer of the band. And I, of course, I went to school with his sister Tracy. And he said, "Devin, come on, bring your bring your uh, your percussion equipment. Come and join us one day." And we were playing somewhere in, in DC uh, in Baltimore so there was it was marcus it was james and then it was the fabulous voice of um navasha that was singing and even though i was on stage performing i was really i was like a like i was in the audience watching because when I, when you see what this brother was doing on the drums it was just absolutely awesome and so um we he and i ended up becoming the the first rhythm section for uh the uh the group fertile ground and but even beyond that right now this brother is more than just a musician although he is a world-class musician he is the director of the marine arts workshop and the founder of the universal sailing club none other than the one and only mr marcus asante welcome to the uncle devin show
0: Thank you so much, sir. Great to be here. You know, glad to to be here and listening and talking and all this. I man, it's a great time. We're going to have a good time. Today.
1: Oh yeah, man, it's good. it's wonderful. I am so honored that you, you know that you can come here. And and first of all, just you know been having to be able to opportunity to spend much time with you uh i guess that was maybe 15 years ago i guess Mm -hmm. and you know we stayed in contact still have plenty of mutual friends and all that but tell the audience a little bit about yourself who is marcus asante uh were you did you grow up in this area or um just tell a little bit about your background
0: okay So, um, well, I've been in Maryland for 30 years. I'm originally from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. So all my sort of musical roots come from that area. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm I was a bass player there. I was a young musician. I was a drum major. You play bass? I didn't know that. Yeah, I grew up as a bassist. Mm -hmm. Oh,
1: I did not know that. Yeah, Okay. Okay. You You may have told me and I forgot, but I just don't remember that. Okay. Right. When I came
0: to Maryland in the late 80s... um, I kind of uh you know repositioned myself as a, more of a drummer, okay. And I always kind of wanted to be a drummer, but living in the kind of places where we lived, I never really had access to a drum set really much, and mm-hmm. I kind of just taught myself to play in the air. I air drummed every song and lots of different styles of music, and uh-huh. that's, that's how I learned the mechanics of drumming
1: really, just what? doing it in the air. You know it's funny that a bass player actually helped me to become a better drummer. Uh, my man Wardell Howell is a mm-hmm. bass player, mm-hmm. and he came over and I was having some struggles with trying to learn, especially certain Latin rhythms. But he, obviously being you know a bassist, he, he just said, "Well, Devon, this is what I do." And then he he kind of hummed out a few things, and it really helped me out a lot. So I can almost see that connection. Mm-hmm. And then now playing the ukulele, I can see how being a string instrument, um, playing string instrument, is now really helped me in, in doing a lot of percussion mm-hmm. work. Wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, are yeah. you shout out to Wardell. Yeah. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah! Big Brother Boydale, that's my man. There. No and um, so, so how long you been been drumming? Okay, or, and, and playing. Let me just well,
0: say, well, um, I'm a lifelong musician. I'm to, you know, my uh, older brothers and sisters and those are all musicians. You know, mm-hmm. all my mother's children are musicians. Okay, and um, so I've been you know, I was that kid who walked into the grade school. Uh, classroom on the first day uh-huh. back when we had wooden desks, you know? Oh, <laughs> and, that's right. And so I'm looking at all these wooden <laughs> desks in the room like each one is a drum.
1: Yeah, oh, was okay? that great? Okay, so
0: here I am going in the classroom and I, the, I remember the, you know, first grade going into the school and looking on each desks And I'm like, man, and the teacher, I was there early. My uh-huh. mother dropped me off or I got there some kind of way. And then I get into school early and then I start. And so she said, go in the classroom and, you know, just have a seat. And uh-huh. I, I'm going to wait for the other kids. First day of school.
1: Oh, uh, okay. And, all right.
0: And so a new school and I'm a little kid. And I said, oh, I said, oh, and I was the first guy there. So I got in, I walked in the classroom mm-hmm. and I said, oh, man. So the teacher left. And I had the classroom to myself for a couple minutes. Uh-oh. So I walked around the room and I beat on each desk to find out which had the best sound. Uh-huh and i and i I commandeered. I demanded that I have that desk again the next year.
1: And they they
0: actually did um you know uh, do that for me it so a, I was
1: very happy. What's that old song um um uh, I don't want to I, I I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the drum all day. <laughs> There's a part of it that just says uh, when I was younger I won't be no food. The teacher told me to stay after school, but when she, uh, she caught me banging on the desk with my hands, but my licks were so hot, I made my teacher want dance. <laughs> real talk. Yeah, real talk. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's like I say, it's just I learned I've learned a lot from you. You may not even know this, but I still listen to the work that we did and the work that you and I were doing uh, together. And it really helped me to grow as a drummer and a percussionist because I thought that I had known a lot. But, you know, it's it's humbling when you're around others who I mean, because you're not just like one genre. You were absolutely a world drummer. And so I've seen you doing the reggae. I've seen you doing the, the Latin jazz. I've seen you do, I mean, clips, a little bit of everything. And I, and I really appreciate that, which may help us to understand a little bit more on why you are even into selling. Now, I want to talk a little bit about that. Now, um, especially, uh, you know, for those you're listening to uh, The Uncle Devin Show on WOL 1450 AM 95.9 FM. And my guest is Marcus Asante. And he is the director of the Marine Arts Workshop and the founder of the Universal Sailing Club. Tell us a little bit about the Marine Arts Workshop.
0: Okay. So, the Marine Arts is... Um... Is sort of a uh, a floating school. It's a mobile classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, has many dimensions, but it does focus on the marine trades and the teaching of marine trades, mostly uh, towards the uh, the upper end of high school and maybe even like young adults. Okay.
1: Um, okay. So
0: the work that I do in the boating world and mm-hmm. as a profession, it takes on various aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, so even uh, right now, I'm doing research. Mm-hmm. On the various types of fillers that I need to add to some polyester resin mm-hmm. to finish up a fiberglass job that I'm uh, yes. doing on a on a uh, trimaran, in fact. Okay. Um, uh, three hull trimaran, a folding trimaran. It's on a trailer and all that. Nice boat, fast okay. too.
1: Now, so, uh, what's a trimaran? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there trying to act like I, know. I don't know what a trimaran <laughs> is. It sounds good, but uh, what's a trimaran? <laughs> okay.
0: Regular boat is a mono haul one haul. Uh-huh. Like you know, just, yeah. Like just say sailboats in this case. Okay. And then a catamaran is two hauls. right? Okay. It has like two things in the water with a bridge deck Over the top, right? Uh That's your catamaran. Uh And then three holes with a center... Uh, a center main hall yes. with two outriggers uh, okay uh-huh and that's a trimaran
1: got it got it in this it. case okay. here the
0: customer has a folding trimaran and yep. there's a number of electrical and other types of work that I'm doing so all these disciplines within uh, the boating world and the trades aspect in terms of building and maintaining boats mm-hmm. i refer to as the marine arts because oh, yes. a lot of this stuff is artistic you know yacht, okay. yacht design that's and right. marine architecture all that's very artistic you know okay. there's obviously an eye for var- for various curves and shapes that make the boat aesthetically pleasing yeah. uh, so all these things are, have an artistic side to them and, mm-hmm. I, and I tap into that um, with mm-hmm. some of the hard skills that we, that yeah. we try to teach as well oh so, wow mm-hmm. so how did you get into this Well, I started canoeing and kayaking. You know, I've Mm -hmm. been in front of young people for a long time, Mm -hmm. you know, coming to Baltimore and seeing the various needs in the big city. Right. Uh, You know, where I'm from in in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. is a tenth of the population of Baltimore. Okay. So we saw problems. But again, those problems are now very much magnified in a place like Baltimore. Yes. So coming to the city at that time, too, and it was like late 80s, early 90s now, Mm -hmm. we're talking about sort of crack city going on and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw uh, many, many things that were very uh, distressing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I'm the type of guy that jumps in there. Say, hey, well, you know, I know what it's like. I'm from the projects. You know, I right. know what it's like to not have your father around and all that. You okay. know, don't have to tell me about those things. I'm well aware of that. Mm-hmm. That's part of my life, but I feel like I. Uh, also had something to share, too. So I got into canoeing and kayaking mm-hmm. uh, as a result of um, working on the harbor. I was a, a tour guide. I left the corporate world, started working more in the community, mm-hmm. and I was a, became a tour guide at mm-hmm. the uh, Baltimore Museum of Industry okay. in those days. And okay. that put me right on the water. So I'm yeah. looking at the harbor every day. Yeah. And then from there, I started canoeing and kayaking. Um, and I eventually bought a kayak, and then from there, got into sailing. And okay. I just
1: kept going from there. Now talk a little bit about, um, you know, again, this show focuses on uh, music adultification and that is uh, really eradicating um, uh, what we call uh, music adultification where where children are forced to listen to inappropriate adult music. Now, relating that to you you mentioned that boating is also an art. What connection or do you see much of a connection with sailing, especially there in the harbor and going through the Chesapeake? Do you see many people of color Involved in this And Or, or have you seen It changed over the years So talk a little bit About your your you know, What you've experienced And what you've seen Since you've been involved
0: Well it's a very Interesting life And lifestyle mm-hmm. um, And it's not all about You know The size of the boat Or whether something Is a yacht or not You know It's not about Stereotypical things That you see on TV mm-hmm. You know Boat ownership And boat maintenance And all that It's much more Real mm-hmm. It's much more Feet on the ground Or body in the water Kind of stuff It's it's not about The glamour And all that kind of thing Yeah, yeah. Um, We do see many uh, african-american voters um around okay. the chesapeake the chesapeake bay is the home sort of what we think of as the home of black yachting of historical black mm, yachting really? there are more black yacht clubs on the chesapeake bay than any other body of water
1: wow
0: um that also includes our yacht club too which we'll get to okay. in, show in a little bit okay uh we're the youngest of all those clubs in fact all the clubs are uh more most of the other clubs are over 50 years old
1: oh, okay mm-hmm. and in fact um you're, again you're listening to the uncle devin show um my guest is Marcus Asante and uh, he is uh, not only just an extraordinary uh, drummer um, but he's also the director of the Marines Art Workshop and, and when we come back uh, we're going to uh, listen to the uh, I guess we want to take a look and see what the, uh, what the weather is like outside but once we come back he's going to talk to you about the Universal Sailing Club and the work that he does with youth when it comes to with, with children and youth but uh, with, with our young people when we come back uh, don't go nowhere Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOL at 95.9 FM. And we're back. You're listening to Uncle Devin's radio show on WOL 1450 AM, 95.9 FM uh, in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, where we focus on music adultification, uh, eradicating that, and uh, that is making sure that children, uh, our children, are not forced to listen to inappropriate adult music. Today's show is brought to you I, uh, brought to you by IMWeNation.com. Uh I am we with two e's, the first twenty four seven online music radio station dedicated uh, to children within the urban community and beyond. Uh, my guest is Marcus Asante uh he is a world renowned drummer and percussionist but he's also the director of the Marine Arts Workshop and founder of the Universal Sailing Club and and as we were going to break you began to tell me the difference between Music Arts Workshop and the Universal Sailing Club uh what's the difference between those okay yeah so i had um i had been uh working in
0: um in the Marine World my entry there was as uh As a sailing instructor You know Mm -hmm. Once I became A a good enough uh, Sailor myself Mm -hmm. I started to You know Spend quite a bit Of time on the water Mm -hmm. learn from some Very good sailors Learned a number Of different things uh, eventually uh, became good enough to actually teach it myself. Oh and, yes, uh, and going to undergo the certifications and all that. Mm-hmm. And so that was my entry there. Eventually, we saw I saw the need to create a African American sailing club because there had not been one. Okay. So I kind of thought that there might be one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just coming to the area from yeah. somewhere else and yeah. not really knowing what was going on. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, because we have <laughs> Neptune Yacht Club, Pleasant Yacht Club, the okay. Seafarers Yacht Club. They're all 50 years or more.
1: Right. Um, right. Those
0: guys are all power boaters. Right. And uh, none of them were sailors. Right. So I created a sailing club for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's keep in mind that the African slave trade or the African trade in, in, in human captives mm-hmm. did, was all done on mm-hmm. uh,
1: sailboats. And you know, the thing about this, Marcus, is that just this morning I was reading information about how the ancient Malians uh, or the people of Mali uh, and other places, um, you know, because of course our history many too, much too times, the many too, much is limited to, uh, you know, that we came on the the slave boats, but we were the first people f- from Africa to sail here. We were the the mar- mariners. We were the ones, especially going out into Mexico, and then you know the development of the Dogon people and um, and, and 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 all of the artifacts that they found there. Do you find it a struggle to raise the awareness about the importance that that sailing um, and, and and you know plays in our community?
0: Yeah, sometimes it is, but uh, for the, the history, I think is uh, unfolding in front of us all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we're m- much aware of the work of um, you know Renuka Rashidi and, yes. and Ivan Mancertiman, people like that, yes, uh, who have illuminated this, or numbers of others who have uh, done it even before that, yes. Um, it's quite a history there, you know, getting into. Um, and learning more about that, mm-hmm. I, I guess most people they struggle with the modern day misrepresentation or misconceptions around what is sailing. Mm-hmm. You know, it may be bound up in various things that people have seen on television or movies and things like that. Mm-hmm. And of course, the reality of boat ownership is is it's hard work. Well, man.
1: you know, we grew up. I, I, I'm blessed that my father bought a boat. Uh, This was a motorboat, pretty mm-hmm. much. You go fishing on it, and we had one when, when I was younger. I was probably my first, second, third grade. Um, all I remember, that was a lot of work to get that, that, you know, cause if you don't take care of that boat, that boat won't take care of you when you're out there. So you got to really prep prep it, take care of it. We used to go out into, um, The Solomon Island um, or Mm -hmm. Deal, Maryland, and we would go out there and, you know, go fishing out near the Chesapeake Bay. So I remember that. So it certainly is a lot of work. But speaking of that, how have you been able to use that as an educational tool for young people? Mm -hmm.
0: So after working with numerous organizations Mm -hmm. that are doing work like that, Mm -hmm. um, many times we are not at the forefront of those organizations, Mm -hmm. but our young people are there. Right. Okay. so you know, they're making all the decisions, but you know, half of the kids are African American kids. Yes. But when you look at the leadership and who's making the decision and where the money's coming from, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not present there as, as adults, as black adults. Right. So, what I have done is, you know, I've created institutions to kind of fill that void to make sure that we are in front of our young people in a way that we are the decision makers and, you know, we are the ones that get to create uh, the types of programming that, because we come out of that yeah. situation ourselves. We were That's young right. kids ourselves, you know, That's we right. know what these issues are about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a feeling and an attitude towards it, which is very unique. And I think there's a lot of value, you know, for that. And obviously your work is very valuable in well, that regard.
1: Well, well, thank you. I mean, and and, and, I, and as a teaching artist, you're, you're doing the same thing thing and I was going to say we will talk a little bit more offline about um, how you know you can become a teaching artist with what you do because I I didn't even think about it from the standpoint of what you do as an art it is absolutely an art Mm -hmm. it makes all the sense in the world and teaching artists come in all shapes you know whether it's from music whether it's from uh dancing poetry you name it and then in this case we we're talking about what you do there how can someone reach you if someone wants to support you or um how can they reach you and i believe last year you had something centered around the underground railroad if yes. i'm not mistaken so we're coming back this year yeah so talk a little bit about about both of those so how can people reach you first and foremost and then talk mm-hmm. about the uh, the situation with the underground railroad
0: yeah, so we can, um, uh, I can be reached you know, quite easily, obviously, just Googling my name, you'll find uh, you know, press articles and things of that nature, and mm-hmm. there's contact information at the bottom of many of those articles, mm-hmm. but obviously, you know, you can go to our website at marine arts, uh, A-R-T-S, marinearts.org, mm-hmm. um, I can be found through Universal Sailing Club as well, I'm the founder of it, but I'm not the current Commodore, I don't that's run right. the show or anything, Right. but I'm there to advise and to help anything that needs to happen there, Okay. and I do participate in the events when I can, so, uh, okay. and that's... It's at UniversalSailingClub.org.
1: Okay, and so talking about the
0: Underground, uh, what is it called, the Underground? Ah, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's the Underground Railroad Freedom Regatta so regatta is a sailboat race so what we do there is we serve uh, well we served last year we served uh, 15 young people from Cambridge this is in Cambridge, Maryland we're going to be back there again, I'm very excited about this Cambridge is very excited about this
1: that history in Cambridge is tremendous Yes, Uh
0: indeed, so obviously that's a very important part of uh, the whole Underground Railroad thing there, lots of people are going there now because of the National Park Service and the whole Federal Park there with the the whole Tubman thing, Yes. Uh, so lots of history there, we've known about that for a long time, so that'll be Uh, uh, this year the first weekend first Friday and Saturday uh, in August, which will be August second and third of this year, so that is the Underground Railroad Freedom Regatta weekend. So it's the first day on the Friday. It's all work. We put the students to work mm-hmm. uh, in various trades that are uh, already existing in Cambridge. Okay. So we go to a boat shop. We go to a wood shop. That's part of a mm-hmm. uh, boat, uh, you mm-hmm. know, a marine situation. We visit a marina. You know, the whole thing is kind of exposing mm-hmm. young people to the marine trades through the work day. And that work day has, is how you earn your way on a spot on the boat next day in the race. Okay.
1: Okay. okay. So
0: you gotta work your yeah. way. It's not just taking That's someone right. sailing, right? Well
1: you, you said that to me before, even when coming out on your sailboat, you say, look, this is you can come out and sail but it ain't just sitting back relaxing you got to work a little bit to get out there and then you can relax a little bit because it is work i mean and, and that mm-hmm. that makes you one with nature a little bit more it makes you even appreciate it a lot more
0: good point good point yeah. that's okay. something i talk about quite a bit mm-hmm. um that aspect of um you know dealing with the wind directly you know dealing with yes. the water directly yes uh dealing with uh, tides you know weather systems you know yeah. seeing all these things openly and honestly uh, it tends to uh, center one's, uh, you know, self in, well, in a
1: way. We don't touch mother Mother Earth anymore. We don't touch, you know. I mean, sometimes. I mean, when the last time you know, we, any of us have literally been barefoot on mother, on mother, on, on just uh-huh. dirt, just touching and let that energy come through your body. And, true, true. Um, you know, so I, I, I definitely see that. Now, if someone wanted to, uh, can can anyone observe or, or 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 help out with the Underground Railroad, um, regatta? We call it, um Freedom Regatta. What's the process like? And if someone wants to participate, is there any Mm -hmm. way to do that or how's that?
0: Okay, so we're there really for the young people there. Okay, It's not a hugely public event, but that's going to change now as we develop the land portion of the event. Okay, So it'll have more of a festival side to it. right? And every year that part will, Mm -hmm. our plan is to develop that aspect of it also while still maintaining a high value of of, uh, service that we're providing for the young people there. This year we're going back, we're going to serve even more students this year. oh Wonderful. Um and so people can certainly come visit and just see the young people there and certainly volunteer for us or, or right. with us on the ground. Right. Uh and that, there's a need for that too. Okay. So uh, but the okay. Regatta Day, we partner the young people, these are uh mostly African American teenagers from Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And uh we put them and we partner with Cambridge Yacht Club. Yeah. And we put them on their boats, and we do the regatta right there in Chop Tank River, right there by yeah. the Route 50 Bridge and right oh, in front wow. of uh, Cambridge, you know, downtown Cambridge.
1: Okay. And um, in, in terms of donations. Do, do either the organizations accept donations? Certainly, certainly.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we uh, M- Marine Arts Workshop is sort of the creator of the event. Mm-hmm. We partner with uh, Richardson Maritime Museum mm-hmm. uh, there, which is our sort of our title sponsor, if you will. Uh, Richardson has been fantastic in the amount of um, uh, support and mm-hmm. service that they uh, allow us, and the things that we do, uh, uh, mm-hmm. do together. Uh, Jane Devlin, the executive director there, is mm-hmm. absolutely uh, marvelous and fantastic with the work that she is doing and mm-hmm. the development of the Richardson Maritime Museum. Yes. Named after Jim Richardson, a very famous boat builder there, okay. uh, who's long passed away, but his impact is still uh, very prevalent uh, right. you
1: know, on the Eastern Shore there.
0: So, um, and um, so, yeah, we have other partners there as well too. Okay. So, it's a fantastic thing, man.
1: And I also want to encourage the listeners to uh, go online to the magazine dot com. Uh, there's an excellent article that they did of uh, Marcus called "Flying." Flying the Red, Black, and Green. It's a March 26, 2019 article. If you go to the Uncle Devin Show page and you uh, click on the video, you will see the uh, link that's that's posted there. Um, wonderful article, um, and, and I, I thought it did a great job, and you were connecting it. In fact, you, you said the name has something to do with Marcus Garvey. Um, the, well, in terms of Universal yes. Sailing Club yes, yes. Okay. And
0: anybody who knows anything about Garvey who is a sort of a student of Garvey would certainly pick all of that up because the yeah. red black and green obviously comes from Mr. Garvey mm-hmm. and um, the name Universal is a clear nod to the Universal Negro Improvement Association mm-hmm. which you know we look at our work in, in part uh, mm-hmm. you know as an extension of the sort of think, Black Star Line the dream of the Black that. Star Line and all of that if you, you know, don't we, know
1: anything about the Black Star Line and you gotta look at what they did on the water the ship the, the, the vessels and that they built in the nineteen hundreds and the fact that the time is running, but but I I I commend you for that because, you know, not only are you doing this, but you're connecting it with our with our um, with our history. look, We got one minute left. Give your contact information again on how people can reach you.
0: Sure. So um, you can reach me. You can just call me if you like it. It's yes. not a problem to do that. You okay. can just call me directly at 410-371-0540. Give it again. 410-371-0540.
1: Okay. And you can go to marinearts.org and reach you as well. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Thank you, my brother, for being here, a guest on the show. And also listen to more. He's gonna he's a volunteer with I Am We Nation and we're going to be doing some work together real soon. So, listen, thank you all for tuning in. This is Uncle Devin's show. Uh, we hope to see you again next week. And remember, life is a drum, so beat it.